Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan, no Steve Sparky Pfeiffer today. Toby Altizer in for him alongside Adam Roberts here in the Lakeland University studios. Offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. I want to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. So we'll hear again from Tim Dillard a little later on here in the hour, but Last night, you had a solid start from Aaron Ashby. It was good to see him out on the mound after his extension that he got. So it was good to see him perform well, even though he takes the loss on the mound. It was good to see him pitch well last night. Tonight, you're going to see Ethan Small for the second time. And I'm excited to see what exactly you're going to get out of Small in his second start. You know, this is a guy that is projected to be a big part of the Brewers' future in terms of pitching. There are some question marks about what's going to ultimately happen with Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. So I'm interested to see exactly what happens tonight with Ethan Small because if you were to lose one or both of those guys, then Ethan Small is going to have to step up for this baseball team and be a big part of their future. And he's going to have that opportunity to show us again tonight what the Brewers got when they drafted him coming out of Mississippi State. You know, in his first start, you thought thought that he was going to do well. You had high expectations for him. And he was kind of going well for a little bit and then ultimately starts walking guys and gets into some trouble and they have to pull him pretty early in that matchup. Now you go up against the Twins tonight at American Family Field, the first time he's going to get to pitch at home, and hopefully he's able to have an efficient and good outing. And this is going to help out the Brewers, too, because 
you know, these were kind of the starts that Jason Alexander would get, or this was the kind of start that Adrian Hauser would have. And those guys just aren't available right now. Alexander struggled. So you kind of move on from him. Adrian Hauser still on the injured list. So you'd like to see Ethan Small come out here tonight and pitch ex- well and give you some length, especially coming off a four-game set. You're going to have an off day before you head out to Boston. But you're coming off a four-game set in which you had a 13-inning performance where Corbin Burns didn't give you maybe the length you'd expect. And you had a short outing out of Eric Lauer in that same series. So you don't want to overuse the bullpen right coming out of the all-star break. So hopefully tonight, Ethan Small can give you some length. I'm interested to see what he can give you. But we'll continue talking Brewers baseball with you guys. You want to hop in on the conversation, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. I'm excited to see what the Brewers can do tonight against the Twins. A solid baseball team, a team that has some good players on it. Hopefully, they can get these two before they head out to Boston. Because I'll tell you what, I'm excited for that Boston series. Adam, I, I'm not generally one that's like, oh, yeah, I want to go on a road trip and check this out. I want to go to Fenway. Uh, that'd be great. I'd love to be able to go out to Fenway and check that out in Boston. Well, I can tell you as someone who has been to Fenway in a grand total of one time in my life, it is well worth the trip. We went out to Boston and Cape Cod I think it was about 15 years ago. I was just about to go into high school, and we checked out the park, got to see the monster, and uh, check out the park also from the outside because there's a lot that's going on oh, around plenty Fenway going on as around well. Fenway. I've been just outside the park, never inside. That's the way I was for Wrigley, even though my grandmother literally lived a few L stops north of the station. And then I recounted on the big show the first time I went there, and I went on the spiel about how my now fiance hated the scoreboard and had to defend <laughs> an opponent's and rival's scoreboard to my fiance. Like it's it's historical, hon. I know you can't really see it well, but it's it has meaning. Uh, Fenways is cool too, though. Getting to see the people adjusting the numbers manually just That's for a brief awesome. moment, seeing someone's scared head, like oh nope nope nope, don't want to be seen. Put the two up and move on. Yeah, I would love to get out there and. We also did get a little bit of clarification because earlier today we talked with Tim Dillard, and you'll hear that interview again coming up at the bottom of the hour. So Ryan messaged me and said that Tim Dillard did pitch the seventh and the eighth innings at Fenway in 2011, and he did strike out three batters, and he had a correct memory. He struck out Jason Veritek, but he also struck out Dustin Pedroia, and Hall of Famer, Big Poppy. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's crazy. And it's a prob- pretty appropriate you mentioned that because it's a big week for our guy, Dillard. He, uh, I forgot to uh, bring this up to you in uh, before our interview. He's having his number retired this week. That's right, in Nashville. Friday night, and they're giving out Tim Dillard bobbleheads to the first 2,000 fans at the park in Nashville. So uh, if you are listening to us on the Odyssey app, and you are in the Tennessee area, make sure you circle this Friday. 2,000 fans, so you got to get there fairly early. Yeah. Looking at the bobblehead right now. It's if you're here nice. in Milwaukee and you're planning on driving out to Nashville for a AAA game, hey, there you go. You that's can get the one yourself, to do it. Yeah, that's the one to do it. Go get yourself a Tim Diller bobblehead and enjoy the retirement ceremony. That's but, great. Now, uh, rotating this all back around now to the series coming up this evening for the Brewers. It's not just uh, a big uh, – every game is 
in a little way, if you ask Tim Allen, a big game. Oh, absolutely. But this next month, I think, is pretty big for the team they're going up against tonight, these Minnesota Twins. Mm -hmm. You look at their situation, it's not that much different than the Brewers. It's kind of mirrors things very much so, I think. A 52-44 and 44 team, their next closest opponent is the Guardians, almost called them the old name for a very split yeah, second. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, coming from the Washington fan. Yeah, I know. how dare you? But uh, three and a half games ahead of their second place Guardians opponents. And, you know, that team had a split series with what I called the most disappointing team, maybe in baseball, in the White Sox. White Sox, yeah, absolutely the most disappointing because four games back at this point, you expected them to be one of the best teams in the American League. At preseason, Bart and I did our picks, you know, when I was producing his show, which seems like an eternity uh, ago, but. We did our, our preseason predictions, and I had the Dodgers and the White Sox meeting in the World Series. And I don't know that that, that was much of a hot so take. That ain't looking so good. That ain't yeah, looking so it's good not, now. It's not. These White Sox have been an utter disappointment. But to your point, this is big for the Twins because guess what happens if the White Sox do figure it out? They could end up rolling. They've still got the guys. They just actually have to perform. If they were to find a switch and get things going, they could still win that division. So the Twins need to capitalize why the White Sox are still just doing White Sox things. And also, it's important to note that with the stacked AL East, I mean, we're talking about, mm -hmm. you know, the Yankees are far and away the best team in the AL and, and baseball. baseball in general. And then you've got the Blue Jays who just smoke the Red Sox. They themselves are still trying to compete. And then we're not even thinking much about Tampa, even though the Brewers saw them not that long ago. That's four teams in one division, hey, hey, and the Orioles aren't don't, horrible either. Don't forget the Orioles sitting there at 500 right now, 48 and 48. They're not that far out of a wild card spot. Exactly. So to the point about the Twins, you got to win your division because there may only be one team from the AL yeah, Central so going to the playoffs. You're going to see their A game in this two-game set beginning tonight against the Brewers, and the Brewers, again, they, they need to get things going because they need to capitalize when they get op opportunities, they're two games up on the Cardinals right now, sitting at 53 and 44. And I was encouraged by what I saw in that Rocky series coming out of the break. Now let's keep this thing rolling. You go win these two. You go out to Fenway Park in Boston. Hopefully you can win that series as well. I mean, you, you've got opportunities here to take advantage of maybe the Cardinals not being on top of their game. And you've got teams that you should be able to beat. Like the Twins are are solid, but let's beat them. You did took three out of four against the the Rockies, so I think you did your job there. When you go out to Boston, let's keep winning series because I think we all probably assume that the Cardinals are gonna find a streak at some point, right? Like we all assume that I don't know when it's gonna be, but sometime in this second half, they're gonna rattle off what, eight, ten in a row or something like that. What they do last year, like fourteen or sixteen in a row, something stupid to make that division race, you know, basically prolonging the inevitable inevitable of the Brewers winning the division. But the reason that it took them so long to finally close it out was the Cardinals just kept winning and winning and winning. So I would think that at some point they're gonna start winning some baseball games and in bunches. So the Brewers need to take advantage when they can. And I think right now, this coming out of this All-Star break, this is when you got to take advantage of it right now. They'll be taking on Dylan Bundy, uh, the Twins mm -hmm. starter tonight. Most notable part of his career probably was when he was with 
I think it was the Angels, and he suffered from heat exhaustion against the Yankees and vomited all over the pitcher's mound. <laughs> well, Adrian Hauser knows a thing or two about vomiting on the mound. True, true. I saw that in a Northwoods League game once. It was a very hot day as well for that one back when I was in lacrosse. That's tough. I mean, it's tough enough just getting sick and suffering from something serious like heat exhaustion, but having that happen in front of a fan base, that just you must be the loneliest person in the world. Well, yeah, and especially as a pitcher. You know, it happens somewhere else. You're not... The pitcher is where everyone's eyes go. The pitching mound is right in the middle. Everyone's looking, and there's no one near you to help you out. You ever gonna? <laughs> you, you ever had something like that happen? Anything embarrassing like that happen to you? Mm, well, I actually threw out the first pitch at a loggers oh, game. Oh, okay. So you're big time. <laughs> big time. Hey, love me some Northwoods League. I don't know if anyone on the station talks about Northwoods League baseball other than maybe Bart. Bart's called a Northwoods League game. It's true. Doc His hometown Spiders. Doc Spiders. Um, so I would. I've pitched good. I mean, it was a straight down the middle. Maybe upper corner fastball. Okay. I think I clocked out at about, I don't even want to guess. I, I was lofting it. I tried the um, test your pitch speed once at Coors Field in Denver. Yeah, what we end up with there? Uh, close to 70 oh. miles an hour. So you got a and little I bit of an arm. I paid for it. I paid for it. got a little it. bit of an arm. All I right. think I clocked out at 68 miles an hour. And then about an hour later as I'm eating my nachos and my big pitcher's diet, in the stands, all of a sudden, my arm was just yeah, yep, one pitch, yeah, one fastball. Uh, looking at Bundy's numbers, they're um, not very good. No, just his last few games, his splits are maybe five innings out of him. He's given up three, four runs a game. Mm-hmm. This is a guy you can jump out and well, t- in and front of. Hopefully, we can see more of the Brewers' offense that you saw coming out of the break the first three games. Again, twenty-five runs in the first three last night, shut out. Can we see a little bit of a different approach that leads these guys to scoring some more runs? You know, Andrew McCutcheon coming up with hits. Luis Arias had an opportunity last night, and man, that seemed unfortunate. I really thought that he was going to get a base hit there to possibly tie that thing last night, and it was right at Brandon Rogers. But you you need to have some guys in the second half really step up, and you saw some of those guys do that in that series against the Rockies. Hunter Renfro, you saw his series, three homers getting the job done in most of those games. You need to see more of that out of the Brewers hitters going into the rest of the second half because those are the guys that David Stearns put into place. You know, it's as much as we want to blame the different people, whether it's Council or Stearns, at some point it's down to the players playing better. You know, we we talk all the time about Coach Bud at all. I got to play better, got to play better. It's true. These guys have to play better. And if you were to have all these guys playing to what their career averages are, to what their career numbers say that they should be, then you would see a lot different of a Brewers baseball team because a lot of these guys are underperforming. And I was listening to, I think it was Tim last night or maybe it was Bart this morning, but they were talking about how Council mentioned there's not a single guy on this Brewers team that you would say is having a career year in terms of offense. Is there anyone that you would say is, overachieving and playing their best baseball that they've ever played? Most definitely not. You know, look around the diamond. There's not. And then you look around the diamond again and say, how many guys are underachieving or not living up to the potential? And it's most of them. And so if you can have these guys come back to earth and play like the people that David Stearns put into place, because let's be honest, if we want to look at what this team was going to be, 
for the regular season, these are solid guys. One through nine, all these guys have the potential to hit a home run, drive in guys, have a weak stretch where they're solid. But how many of those guys have done that yet? And there just haven't been enough. But now you have a second half. You had some time off with the All-Star break. Now it's time to lock in and during the stretch run, try and finish. Get to the finish line and play your best baseball. I think we understand what we're going to get out of the pitching staff. Hopefully they can continue to get healthy. I mean, you see, once you see Ashby start getting things better, Freddie Peralta is now making rehab starts. We know what we're going to get out of Corbin Burns. Brandon Woodruff looks like he's kind of figured things out a little bit after he had an IL stint. So if you have all of these guys get going, and then on top of that, you still got Eric Lauer and Adrian Hauser. Hopefully one of those guys can get it going. You're going to have the solid pitching. You would think that Josh Hader is going to get it going. And this is why you have the opportunity to do something, because if you have Hader at his best, or even just pitching to what you, you know, again, what you expect out of him, which is a solid reliever that's going to be very, very tough to hit. So you have him, you have Williams, you have Boxberger, suitors look better coming out of the break. If you have all those guys going, you bring in Jake McGee, you're basically handing off to the bullpen 7-8-9 every night, possibly even 6-7-8-9. And if you can limit the runs and you can have just a couple guys on that offense figure things out, th- this is again why I feel like I have confidence in this Brewers team. Other people don't have it, and I get where you're coming from, but... I'm going to continue to believe that this Brewers team can do something special, and those are the reasons why. 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in, talk about the Milwaukee Brewers. Ethan Small is going to make his second start tonight. What are you expecting out of him? Again, 414-799-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250AM. The fan at Sparky's Midday Madness. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts here on 1250AM. The fan. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness presented by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 12.50 a.m. The Fan. I'm Toby Altizer alongside Adam Roberts talking about the Milwaukee Brewers. Ethan Small gets his second start tonight. What are your expectations for him? 414-799-1250 or you can tweet us at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Medicine Man tweets in and says six innings, three runs. Give me a quality start and I'll be happy. I think a lot of us would be satisfied if that's what you got out of Ethan Small tonight. That's what you want to see is Ethan Small pitching well at the major league level. And I think that he's got everything he needs to do it. Now it's just about coming up and executing. And I think that tonight we'll see him a little more settled in, a little ready to go, a little more ready to go than his first time out. I mean, you got so many nerves. Your first your major league debut. Think back to Aaron Ashby. His That's what I was going to say. Major league debut and how poorly that went. So, you know, it's not like his went that badly. He struggled a little bit, got into a jam. Now it's more so can we just get things going, get into a consistent rhythm in the game, get settled in. And once he gets settled in, I think he'll be fine. But it can be a little bit tough if you haven't pitched at the major league level for a long time to get settled into the game like these other guys do a good job of doing. You know, you think about Corbin Burns and these top pitchers on the staff, and even sometimes they're a little bit rattled early, but once they get settled into the game, maybe in the second inning or whatever time frame it is that they finally get settled in, then they're fine. And I think that's going to be the case with 
Ethan Small, a solid guy that's shown that he can be a really good pitcher at the minor league level. Now it's time to do it at the major league level. Can you get through the first and the second? Can you get through the third? Can you just kind of get yourself into those middle innings? And I think that's maybe the most important thing for the crew, honestly. You want to see a really good start out of Ethan Small, but I also don't want to have to tax the entire bullpen tonight. If I can, I, I really don't. You're going to have an off day coming up on Thursday as you head out to Boston for Friday's game. Tomorrow you have an afternoon game, which begrudgingly is going to be on YouTube. Do you like those streaming games? I don't like them. See, for me, because these games always happen around 1 o'clock, they're always day games. I have yet to ever see YouTube do an evening game. So for no, me, they always do the afternoon ones. It works great because we've got two computer monitors back here, and I can throw the game up on the left one and still do my work on the right. So for me, it's great. Now, for someone like you who's going to be hosting the show, we can't put YouTube because I don't want to wire an HDMI well, cable through because the studio. Our, well, and because you know how we are, we uh, half of our stuff here is when they got off the Mayflower, so we don't have smart TVs. <laughs> no, 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 we do not. <laughs> we don't have the budget for smart TVs. So, Actually, we do have smart TVs, but I can't figure out how to get it connected. That's the real issue. So they're just average IQ TVs. But e <laughs> either way, tomorrow's game, now, an afternoon one. Now, I know you don't like streaming no, games. I don't, I've heard the I promo, and I've I heard you talk about it. I don't. I just am not a fan of having to go out of my way. I don't like watching things on my phone. Now, I have you know smart TVs at home, and I guess it's not all that bad. But I enjoy being able to, and maybe this is just, you know, this is clearly a first world problem here. I like being able to just hit one button and change a channel, you know? Like, you're looking through your TV, you go to TV Guide, pick out your channel, and then click on it, and then there you go, there's your game. Whereas if you have to do it with different apps on your TV, maybe you're watching something else. Now you got to go to the home. Now you got to go to whatever app, your YouTube app for tomorrow, and then you got to bring it up. I just don't like it. I really don't. I sound like an old man. I just don't like it, though. And you're one of the youngest guys on staff, too. I think so. I am the youngest guy, probably. Yeah. No, I, I don't mind it. Now, what I don't really care for, is, and this is just a personal taste, commentary is kind of mid. It's not great. Wow, you're you're saying I'm the youngest guy and you're going to call stuff mid? People say <laughs> MJF used it a little bit incorrectly call, in an AEW promo. No one says mid. Come on. What? Well, it is. How old are you? 28. You're saying mid? I'm 28. I'm not 28 that much older than mid? you are. <laughs> you're saying mid? Come on. Come on. Don't that's, do that's Don't like turn teenagers. this around on me. As for teenagers calling stuff mid and all that, no. Adam, come on. You gotta be better than that. <laughs> Talking about Ethan Small, who's not gonna be mid tonight. Oh, oh, but so it's okay for the host <laughs> to use it. In yes, a it is. You want me to turn your mic off? Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. What are your expectations for Ethan Small tonight? I I want him to pitch well. I don't know that I have to have like the best outing out of him. You know, would I love to have a quality start? Six innings, three runs, absolutely. That's you know kind of what you're looking for. But if he comes out here tonight and he gives you five, six innings, but he gives up four or five, maybe even six runs, but he looks solid. You know he's getting through things, but maybe some guys are just putting the ball in play against him. Then I'll be all right. You know he's an interesting guy because he is more of a strikeout pitcher, but he doesn't have a high velocity fastball. 
So he's kind of an anomaly in the modern game in that sense, in that he's going to go out there and do his thing, but he's not going to rely heavily on a fastball that's 96-97. He sits more mid to low 90s, and so guys are going to be able to hit that. You know, back in the day, 95, 96, that was gas. You were bringing it. Now, 95, 96 is around the average fastball, much less when you're pitching like Ethan Small and you're sitting more around 93, 94. Guys are used to that. So you're going to have to either have a special spin rate or something of that nature, maybe some deception, which he has some in his delivery to kind of get that past people. And you know what? In his first start against the Cubs, you did see him throwing the fastball by guys. So I think he's going to be able to play at this level with that fastball. The question is everything else, and is he going to have the command? Because you saw his command break down in his first start. Starts walking guys, gets him into trouble, and he doesn't have a long outing. If he can command the strike zone a little bit better and stay in the zone, get some swings and misses on the fastball, but also make sure you're keeping the ball in the yard tonight at American Family Field against the Twins, I think you could see him have some success against this team. And hopefully the offense can do him a favor and give him some run support. Because ultimately that'd be the, the the blueprint for a successful start for Ethan Small tonight. Would be, he comes out, he pitches well, but early on in the game, you have run support so that he's not worried about giving up a gopher ball right away. And it costing him. So he can kind of settle into the game earlier if you put two or three on the board for him early and he's not pitching from either behind or pitching from even and having to make sure that he limits all the runs as he possibly can. If you can have him pitch from ahead where he can be a little more aggressive with these hitters and show off some of that A-plus stuff that he's got, then maybe we'll see a successful start out of Ethan Small. And I think that's what you saw with Ashby last night as he's got more confidence now. Maybe you take a little bit of that pressure off of him, not feeling like he has to perform now that he's got some security with that contract. Last night, you saw Aaron Ashby pitching incredibly well. Seven innings, only two runs, striking out guys. That's what you want to see out of Aaron Ashby. And I'm excited to see what he can turn into for this Brewers team. I know Tim's been beating the drum for him for a while and saying how special he's going to be and how good he's going to be. And I think that he's someone that gives you more confidence in this team going forward that no matter what happens with this pitching staff, you look at Burns and you look at Woodruff and what could happen with those guys. Well, hopefully Aaron Ashby develops into a guy that he can take over if one of those guys leaves. And he's already up in the bigs, which is encouraging. And you've got him for five, six, seven more years at the most, and you're going to have someone that's going to continue to get better and better and better in Aaron Ashby. He's already developed multiple pitches, so he's already there. It's just more so now about learning how to pitch at the major league level and learning how to get guys out and learning how to be efficient with all these pitches. And I think you're just going to continue to see him improve. And then you add that into a pitching staff that hopefully Ethan Small can grow into. And that's why, honestly, if I'm looking at this Brewer staff going forward, I don't know that he has a whole lot of trade value at this point, but going into even just next season, if we're looking ahead, you're going to have Burns, you're going to have Woody, you're going to have Freddie, 
And then if you're doing a rotation of five or six, I mean, you got to think, okay, Lauer's probably in there. Ashby, is Small going to make himself uh, a reasonable starting option at this point? So you'd have Small. Well, that's six. So ultimately, I think it'd come down to Lauer and Hauser as maybe guys that you have to decide on. And that's why if someone came to you this year and said, would you consider moving Hauser at the deadline? I would. The problem with Hauser at this point, though, is he struggled so badly this season. I don't know that anyone's going to really want him at the deadline. And that's another thing we got to explore now is this deadline is coming up quickly. Next Tuesday is the MLB trade deadline. So some of these trades are going to start coming down quickly. And so hopefully the Brewers are going to be buyers that go get something to improve this team at the deadline. I don't think there's any question they're going to be buyers, but can they go get something that can really help this team? Not that there was any possible hope this would happen because I think everyone with a brain knows Juan Soto, your guy, is not stepping anywhere near the state of Wisconsin. Uh, don't say no I was seeing so quickly. That this, I was seeing it's going to be a gargantuan package, and it's it not be. something the Brewers are going to be able to give. I, I mean, do you have something that I don't know? So looking at an article on MLB.com, I tweeted this out yesterday. Said never say never, Brewers fans. MLB execs. This is the title of the article written by Mark Feinson. Where, where executives think Soto will land, and they polled 17 front office executives and said, "Give us three teams you view as the favorites to trade for Soto." Eight people chose the Padres. Seven chose the Dodgers. Three chose the Cardinals, Mariners, Mets, Rays, and Yankees. Two chose the Giants. And then a single executive chose the Blue Jays, the Cubs, the Rangers, the Red Sox, and the lowly Milwaukee Brewers. So never say never. There's still a chance he could end up over here because we went through this, and I, I broke it down for Leroy as to why you could possibly consider him in Milwaukee. You would have two more years after this season. So would he be a rental? He'd be a year-and-a-half rental as opposed to just a half-year rental, which a lot of times you talk about with those things. Because what you would do is this. You would trade for him now. You'd trade all the prospects. That's going to include basically the top five in your organization. And honestly, at this point, it might include Ashby, which I don't know if the Brewers would want to include Ashby. Maybe they'd say you, you can take Ethan Small or even an Eric Lauer instead because of how they've worked that contract out. But it's going to include probably a pitcher of that nature. And then you're going to have to throw in Jackson Churio. You're going to have to throw in Joey Weimer, Sal Fralick. All those guys are going. But what you're going to do is you're going to get Soto for a year and a half. You're going to have him for the rest of this season for the playoff push. You're going to have him all of next year. And then after that, what you would do is you would trade him with a year left of arbitration to one of these big-name teams that could sign him. You say, all right, I think we can trade them to the Yankees or you can trade them to the Dodgers, whoever it is, and you can get some of those prospects back. And that's why this is a unique situation with Soto because when these kind of guys come available, you're right. Generally, you'd say the Brewers don't have a chance and the Brewers wouldn't do it because it'd be a rental for half a season and then they couldn't pay him. And the Brewers cannot pay Juan Soto, but they don't have to. They're still going to have to pay him like $18 million, $19 million. But whoever brings him in is only going to pay him around 18, 19, 20 million over the next two years or so, so they can afford him 
And just because they trade for him doesn't mean that they're going to end up signing him to the big deal. And that's why some of the small market teams, like even a Tampa Bay could be in on him, Milwaukee, St. Louis. That's why those teams can be in on him, and it's not just the Dodgers and the Yankees and Mets in on him. Can you imagine if Aaron Ashby were to get included in some sort of a package, how just a few days ago... They had that nice little montage on Bally Sports Wisconsin of him, David Stearns, and Craig Council talking about the extension. And then a few days later, they're like, well, <laughs> hey, man, look, the money was right. We're going to just scrub that real quick. Uh, do you got some luggage on you by chance? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see where Soto goes. That's going to really shake this thing up. And if he does get traded that's going to change the landscape of the entire playoffs because if he gets traded to St. Louis, that's going to change this division race because you're going to be going up against Arenado, Goldschmidt, and Juan Soto. If he gets traded to the Dodgers, well, good luck. Go ahead and hand them the trophy. Or if he gets traded to the Yankees, same thing. Go ahead and hand them the trophy. So wherever he ends up going, it's going to make a huge difference. I don't know... If I think he gets traded before this deadline because it just seems so rushed, but if he does, that's going to really shake things up. And I think that's why this whole trade market becomes interesting because if you're a team that's considering being a buyer at the deadline, but you just had your a, a team in your division trade for Juan Soto or they're at least possibly going to trade for him, are you as prone to buy if you know you're going to have to go up against the Dodgers with Juan Soto now? I don't know if you are. So I think this trade market is going to be intriguing to watch because who's going to make the trade first, whether they're going to do it for Soto, are they willing to wait, or are they going to do it before? Like, What's going to happen with this whole Juan Soto situation? It's really an intriguing thing kind of looming over this MLB season. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals, but also want to remind you that you never have to miss a moment from the fan again. With the free Odyssey app, you can download Sparky's Midday Madness and listen whenever and wherever works best for you. So make sure you check out the free Odyssey app, catch us live, and also you can catch it live later. Bart in for Zach Gelb. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So make sure you check that out tonight. It's Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 12.50 a.m. The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. I'm Toby Altizer. That is Adam Roberts. We are brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. That is correct, Toby. If you haven't been to milwaukeeadmirals.com recently... Uh, lots of stuff going on on the website. You can check out their schedule, which dropped on the 21st. I'm looking forward to later this year when they're going to be hosting the Toronto Marlies at Panther Arena. That we got to go to one. a hockey game, Adam. I know you're a hockey guy. We got to go. Right. We got to go to an ads game. Well, yeah, you I got to take. I got to take Sam to a hockey game. We were talking about it on the Fan Afternoon Show yesterday. I can smell he's interested. He just hasn't had a good reason to check it out. Yeah. Well, now I know. Also. John Greenberg, president of the Admirals, got a pretty big honor a few days ago. He was awarded he was awarded the AHL's Executive Outstanding Executive Award, the James C. Hendy Award at the Awards Gala. So congratulations to John and other stuff that you can check out as well at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Yeah, make sure you go check that out. Earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show, we talked with our guy Tim Dillard about this Brewers team and going out to Fenway at the end of the week. Man, I really wish I could get out to Fenway. I feel like that's going to be brought up multiple times this week. But we talked with Tim Dillard and asked him about the confidence he has on this team. If maybe it waned a little bit going into the All-Star break, but if maybe he gained some of that confidence back after watching that Rockies series. I don't think I my confidence in the team wavered at all. Um, I, even down the stretch of the first half, you know, they ran into some unfortunate games, but uh, that's baseball. And, you know, guys sometimes need a few days to clear their head. And what's interesting about the All-Star break, the Brewers lose three going into it, and then they come out and they win three in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, just shows that, yes, they needed a break. But look at the Mariners. The Mariners were winning. They won 14 in a row. They were like, no. We don't want an all-star break. Why would you do that to us? So, uh, but yeah, this team's playing great baseball. It's all about, you know, just clear minds and healthy bodies. Yeah, and so tonight you have Ethan Small on the mound for his second career start. What do you expect to see out of him and hopefully an improvement off of his first start? Sure, yeah. With, uh, for my producer, we were talking about, okay, do we want to break down his last start? And I was like, his last start was May 30th against the Cubs at Wrigley. Um, <laughs> you, you really can't break something like that down because, you know, you grow so much. You grow exponentially as the season goes, especially as a starter. Uh, the more innings you rack up, the more pitches you throw. Um, he's done really well his last four starts down in Nashville, two of those being quality starts. Um, one thing that's interesting is that he hardly walks anybody in Nashville, uh, but he did have four walks against the Cubs that particular day. That was kind of the difference maker. Um, I would look for him to be way more confident. I mean, to expect high things out of a guy his first start in the big leagues, is is that's on us. We shouldn't be putting that kind of pressure on guys. So look for him to be way more confident, way more relaxed, and way more of what kind of pitcher he is. I can't wait to see that that uh, Vulcan changeup that he throws uh, in person. Yeah, I tell Leroy Butler, I, when I saw at, uh, Ashby's deal, I'm thinking, okay, he goes in and pitches well, nine strikeouts. You know, I mean, somewhere under his breath, he's thinking, can I get a little bit of run support here? Because you see him, he's at two and eight. <laughs> but sometimes we don't concentrate on the record. We concentrate on the, I, I mean, 
the outing that he had. Can you talk a little bit more about uh, the way he pitched? I thought he pitched fantastic. This was a breakthrough moment for him, right? Yes. He just signed the five-year deal with the Brewers. And, you know, I think it's a very smart and strategic uh, deal for the Brewers because if you talk about American Family Field, it's, I don't know, depending on which, you know, way you judge a field, uh, it's like the top two or three most hitter-friendly ballpark. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for a guy like Aaron Ashby? Well, I dug into the numbers because apparently they pay me to do this kind of stuff. <laughs> and every once in a while, I'll deliver. Uh, and one thing that I found is that 77% of his out are strikeouts or on the ground. And mm. so if you're going to sign a guy long-term to a ballpark like this, you're not going to sign a guy that strikes out some and then gives up a lot of fly balls or deep fly balls, right? Like you just don't want to go that route. So this is a very safe and strategic move by the Brewers. And what did he do? He went out last night and uh, 17 of his 21 outs that he recorded were either strikeouts or ground balls. That's what you're going to get from Aaron Ashby. His stuff down in the zone is filthy. Yeah, I think one of the biggest thing I want to ask you about the podcast uh, guests you got coming up of one you because I was going to ask you at the halfway point, I, I didn't want to get you in no trouble. Which guest you've had so far has been your most entertaining? But before I ask you that, um, okay, you're going to play a team like Minnesota. You just played them a, a few weeks back, uh, just a two game stretch here, but they're a first place team. And me and uh, Toby was talking about sometimes you could play a team. It's not all that great record-wise Do you play a first-place team. How do you stay measured in Major League Baseball? That's a good point. Um, I think that's the reason the season is so long, because anybody can beat anybody any given day. You can take yes. the worst-place team, worst record in all the baseball, put them up against the best team in all the baseball, and they can win two out of three. And there's no rhyme or reason. You can't put your finger on why other than you have to have this many games to show who deserves to be at the top at the very end. Um, yeah, the Brewers have played some games that people would say, oh, they should have won that. But at the same time, the Brewers are first place in their division, right? So they've done their job. Um, I think they were kind of just scuffling going into the the end of the first half. And yeah. I think the Twins took advantage of that. Um, they were kind of wondering about pitching too. Ashby did pitch in one of those games, the day game in Minnesota and it was just one inning. He just came out for like a, a starter or a, a beginner, right? And for a full bullpen day. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I think it's going to be a little different. I think it's going to be a little different going into uh, uh, today's tonight's game. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more stuff lined up and, and, and ready for this twins offense. Yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed the uh, McCutcheon interview. Um, so if you don't want to choose on my like, Who's your favorite child? I get it. But who's your most entertaining <laughs> guest uh, up so far in the podcast? Yeah, I, I, everyone brings something different, right? Yep, like, yep, I, I yep. don't have very good questions that I ask. I rely heavily <laughs> on Adam McCalvey because I feel like that's kind of more more his thing. Yeah. Uh, but I learn something from every guest, like whether it's something about them or something about the role that they do. But right. I absolutely love the Andrew McCutcheon. Um he once he finally started getting going, right? We just we didn't have to do anything. We just let him talk about his experience, and it was nice. it's it's funny, it's entertaining, but at the same time, it it goes a little deeper. Um, the the guest we have on that's coming out in this episode later today is Todd Johnson. He is the VP of domestic scouting for the Brewers, and so oh, they just boy. got done with the draft, and 
Yeah, it's a whole big thing. Like, I don't. I thought I knew about the draft and how it works, and you know who's in charge and how this stuff goes. So, if you ever want to know the inner workings on on you know things that go on behind the scenes, this is definitely the pod for that. He uh, actually has a very interesting story. He came over from, uh, I think he worked for Hewlett Packard, and he also worked for Microsoft. So it's pretty cool. Talking with Tim Dillard from Valley Sports Wisconsin here on the Wendy's Big Show. Looking at Josh Hader. Coming out of the All-Star break, he struggled going in. His first outing back, he looked solid. You thought, all right, maybe he's back. And then the next outing strikes out the first two guys. And then he gives up a triple and a bloop. And he, he gets out of it eventually with the save, but gives up another run. What's going on with him? Is it something mechanical? Is it uh, his stuff isn't as sharp? What's been going on with Josh Hader? Yeah, we do actually cover this in the in the podcast episode. So I'm glad you asked me that. So I completely can have a prepared answer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he did. I think he was just tired down the stretch. I mean, which a lot of guys are, let's be honest. And it just comes, you know, it's more, it's highlighted more because he's in the big moments. Uh, but he, he did look sharp the game one and he did for the most part, look sharp in game two um, the other night. And he did get the save. Yeah. He gave up a run, but uh, he didn't give up all the runs. So they still won the game. He got the save. But the one thing I put my finger on, and I'm not going to try to go too deep. You can listen to the, the pod episode. I go a little bit deeper. But um, for me, it's about transitioning from pitch to pitch. If I told you that you had to hit one spot from the mound and I gave you 10 fastballs, you could probably hit one, right? You could hit your spot. You're like, oh, maybe it took six or maybe it took five. Where I think Hater is struggling now because I think he's healthy. We've seen him move on the mound. He is, he's, he's healthy. But what he's doing is he'll throw a good fastball and then the slider's not good. Or he'll throw a good slider and then the fastball's not good. So anytime he's following a pitch with a different pitch, a lot of times that's what's been in trouble. So the fix is, you know, years ago when you would be in the minor leagues and something like that comes up and you recognize it, it would be when you're warming up in the pen, you go fastball, slider, changeup. And then you go fastball, slider, changeup. As opposed to, let me throw 10 fastballs, let me throw 10 change-ups and then let me throw 10 sliders, right? You're putting them together to see how your mechanics and how your grit lines up. Um, I said I wouldn't go too deep. So anyway, <laughs> <hopefully that makes> <laughs> <sense>. <laughs> one last one here for you talking with Tim Dillard coming up at the end of the week, the Brewers are going to head out to Fenway park the first time since 2014. Mm -hmm. I believe you've played a couple games or one game or so out in Fenway. What's been your experience out of Fenway park? Ooh, I think I took a loss. So, Toby, thanks for bringing that up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've totally forgotten about it. Uh, no, it was fantastic. My dad uh, played at Fenway Park with the Red Sox before I was born. Um, when I was there in the outfield, I remember shagging, and I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, I cannot believe I'm at Fenway Park. Like, that's all I could think the entire time. It's just a majestic place. There's so much history. Um, the Troy Hawkins was in the outfield. He was yelling at me during batting practice. I ran over and he said, Hey, there's some guy that's yelling at you in the stands up here. So I went over and there's a guy wearing like everything Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox. Like this guy looked like Boston just threw up all over him, but he was awesome. And he's yelling at me. He's going, I remember watching your dad play. He was a slick shortstop. I'm so proud of you that you got to make it here. I hope you have a great time in Boston. I was like, Dude, that's, that's awesome, right? So that my experience was great. I don't know 
exactly what happened on the mound. I think I struck out maybe Dustin Pedroia or maybe Big Poppy. I don't know. I'll have to look that up, but I feel like I did. Yeah, and we went back and looked, and he did strike out Pedroia. He struck out Big Poppy, and he struck out Jason Veritek. So good memory there from Tim Dillard. Good to hear from him. We'll take a quick break here on Sparky's Midday Madness when we come back. The Fan Afternoon Show host, Sam Schmitz, joins us, and he'll give us a preview of what's coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals on 1250 AM, The Fan. 1250 AM, The Fan. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. I'm Toby Altizer. Adam Roberts producing the show and joining us now. Before he takes over these airwaves, Sam Schmitz will be hosting the Fan Afternoon Show. Sam, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Good afternoon. Happy Ethan Small Day. Happy Ethan Small Day, day number two. What are you expecting out of him tonight? Tim and I were talking about this, but we were talking about it off the air. During the, I was working the post-game show with him last night, and I'll be working the post-game show with him tonight, so make sure to tune in busy, after busy the last man. pitch. Um, but we were kind of talking about what to expect from Ethan Small, and honestly, I think you guys are going to probably hate my answer, but my, my thing is, you know, set the bar low. <laughs> and whenever you get is just icing on the cake because um, I, I told Tim, like, I think we both agreed. I'm probably expecting like four to five runs given up. Um, hopefully he can get through like four or five innings. If he can get through five, I'll be happy. If you can get a quality start, that's just, so that makes you really think like, okay, do you just keep giving Ethan small, maybe two or three more starts before Freddie Peralta comes back. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm, I'm eyeing. Like, I don't want to have to go like bullpen days and all. I don't want them to have to send Ethan small down. I just want him to have a good enough start where, you can be like, all right, for now, Ethan Small will be our fifth starter until yeah, Freddie Peralta comes back mid-August. Feeling pretty confident in what you see. Yeah. Um, one guy tweeted in, says, I want to see a quality start, six innings, three runs. I think that'd be that'd be great. I don't think I expect that. No, I mean, it's it's tough because this, this Minnesota Twins team is kind of similar to what you just saw against the Colorado Rockies where they're just one of those teams where they're really not that good, but they're just going to be a pest the entire year to other teams, especially winning ball clubs. Um <laughs> I see our boss Mitch Rosen over there. He says he gives us the did rock he star symbol. The shaka bra? He did. <laughs> it that's, scared me a little bit. That's not Mitch Rosen. Lie. That was a lot, if you heard that loud thud, that was our boss Mitch Rosen. But anyways, <laughs> it scared me a little bit. Um, like I was talking about, I mean this this Minnesota Twins team is going to be a pest because at the end of the day, you got you have guys like Carlos Correa in that lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they just brought back Miguel Sano, who was like on a three months absence and all that. So, wh- like I said, just whatever you guys are hoping for, Ethan Small. Set the bar low, and then if you get something great out of him, like what you were getting out of Jason Alexander the first couple starts he came up, that would be great. All you want is just something where you don't have to say, okay, maybe we have to send Ethan Small back down again. That's all you're hoping for, honestly, at this point, because we were digging up the matchup numbers for uh, today's game last night in the postgame show, and I was kind of surprised. I looked at Ethan Small's minor league numbers. He's rocking like a 3.3 ERA Mm -hmm. in AAA. I, I mean, it's still a respectable ERA at the end of the day, but I remember when he first came up for his major league lower. debut. Yeah, it was like a two something, like yeah. a two eight, yeah. you know, two seven ERA. So, that, well, and I believe he struggled the outing before he came up his first start too. Right. So that kind of made me a little like, you know, sit back in my seat a little bit, like, huh, okay, I didn't, wasn't really expecting that because if they're calling back up, he must have been doing well. And then I look at the numbers and I was like, wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's all you're really hoping for. These Ethan Small at the end of the day, just you want somebody to be able to be that fifth starter until Freddie Peralta comes back. One quick thing before we find what's coming up here on the Fan Afternoon Show. What's the age when you should stop calling things mid? 
That's a good question. Think very carefully about your answer to this. I, I like mid just became a thing like a couple months ago. Right. And, and I'm it's not like sure how I feel about thing. it. Yeah. I mean, but when I say that's mid, you understand what I'm saying. I do, but I don't. I've never what am I supposed to? What am I supposed to say otherwise? That's average. Eh, it sucks. It's a good way of saying like that's not that's not great. It's not it's not yeah. terrible. I think the the cutoff age for saying mid is like probably our age right now. Anything older? Yeah, exactly. Anything older than us is there's no need. You for don't you to be need doing to be that. saying. Are you saying Adam? us as the collective three or the two no, of the you? I'm just saying us. like you know twenty <laughs> twenty six twenty eight. I think anything uh, older. Than uh, that. Uh, <laughs> so I've got number. it for another two months. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's probably the cutoff age. That's a good question. Why did that come up on the big show today? No, no, it came Adam's, up on our show. Adam said mid I said it unironically talking about the YouTube. TV MLB broadcasters. It's kind of mid. Yeah, man. I mean, thankfully, Dan Plesak's going to be on the call tomorrow, and we'll hopefully be talking to him on Thursday. But um, yeah, definitely I mean, not mid. I'm not a big Yonder Alonso fan. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Scott Braun's all right. I don't think he's a great play-by-play broadcaster. What's coming up on today on the Fan Afternoon Show? Today on the Fan Afternoon Show, since it was a shutout and at the end of the day the Brewers won three out of four against the Rockies, not really much to talk about last night's game. We will talk about their struggles against lefties at 345, but uh, to start off the show, we will be talking about kind of something that I think you and I have been throwing back and forth, but I kind of want to flesh it out a little bit about this Brewers offense. And that is a lot of these guys on the Brewers offense, we talk about them needing to trade for a bat, but realistically, none of these guys are really even performing up to their par mm-hmm. as far as career batting averages and stuff like that. So my thing is, you know, asking you guys to start off the show on the fan afternoon show at three o'clock, would just a couple of these guys, not everybody has to get up to their career batting average, but would just a couple guys be just as impactful as trading for a oh, bat? No because at the end of the day, I think the main thing too, and we'll talk to, we'll also talk to Vinny Rotino at 3.30 from Valley Sports Wisconsin, who also, first time we talked to him since he made his TV debut. He was fantastic. He was. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.